Uh, good evening, church. Whether you're here live at the gathering or you're just tuning in online or catching up on a podcast, we are glad you are here with us. A couple of people asked me, you guys do church at 6? Like 6 in the morning? No, 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 no. You come at 6 a.m., the only gathering that you're going to see is crickets. <laughs> My name is Mark, uh, as she said, and I'm part of the Modesto leadership team. And so I'm so excited to be here with you guys and to have the opportunity to share a word with you. Uh, the past couple of weeks, we've been going through a pretty heavy series on, on healing. The last two weeks in particular, past, Pastor Troy talked about God's warning system and how God can redeem all things. All things. If you haven't watched it, I do want to encourage you to go back and check it out. But before I introduce Uh, introduce today's message to you. Would you please turn your attention to the screen? There are often homeless people asking for change and freeway exit ramps, but recently there's been this guy with an interesting sign at I-71 and Hudson Street. His handwritten sign says he has the God-given gift of a great voice. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. Thank you so much. God bless you. Shoot. Can you imagine that guy narrating your everyday life? (laughs) Kind of weird. But his name is Ted Williams, and he's also known as the man with the golden voice. After this video, his life changed. He went from a homeless beggar into revitalizing his career as a radio personality, a sports announcer, and a voiceover artist. Could you please... Good job. Uh, This is his before and after, and it's quite the turnaround. Maybe you've seen rags to riches stories like this go viral overnight on the internet. Some people would root and applaud for a story like this, but others would go forward in envy and say, why can't that be me? Why can't I have that voice? And so the title of my message for tonight is, What's in a Voice? Have you ever been caught off guard by someone's voice? Can I get a show of hands? Can you imagine if Pastor Tasha pulled up to a Starbucks drive-thru and she looks at the cashier and says, y'all still take cash? (laughs) Or maybe you've seen thousands and thousands of people fill a stadium just to hear one person sing. Or maybe you've heard your favorite actor Take on a completely different accent, like The Walking Dead, right? Uh, Or maybe you've seen your kids straighten up real quick with just the right tweak of your voice. For some of you, that feels really real. Uh, But what's in a voice? Do you ever wonder what the voice of God would sound like? Would it be like crackling thunder or a roaring lion? I don't know about you, but I have never heard the audible voice of God. But God is God, and so he speaks differently than we do. And in the Christian worldview, we believe that the Bible is God's spoken word. We go to John 10, and I want to invite you to follow along with me. Uh, That could be in your Bible if you brought it along, or uh, you can follow along on the Bible app, or the words will be up on the screen. And so it says, My sheep listen to my voice, 
I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. To break this down, who is Jesus talking about here? Why does he call them sheep? Well, to break that down, uh, sheep usually do one of two things. They roam around eating grass, or they just fall in the ditch. Uh, <laughs> if you ever get the chance, you should look up a video. It's pretty funny. But he's saying sheep have no direction without a shepherd. So as a pastor in training, as an under-shepherd to the main shepherd, I hope that we can shed some light on, what, on if what the voice we're hearing is really God's voice. If anything, this, is, this message is for me tonight. And I hope that you too are blessed by this message. But is there something in the way of you hearing God's voice? We have tons of companies sending us marketing ads by the minute, trying to tell us how to live, what to buy. You might be worried about the upcoming school year for your kids, or you might be in a really busy season right now. A while back, Pastor Trin went into how the enemy's mission is threefold. As it says in John 10.10, 10, The thief comes only to steal, steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. These are the words of Jesus. But if the enemy can't do any of these three, to steal, kill, and destroy... He will do his best to distract us from hearing the voice of God. He will do his best to make sure that you don't read this book. Because the enemy knows that he loses when Jesus gets his way. So today, church, will you go on a journey with me for the next 30 minutes? I'm going to present to you two questions to help us figure out if what we are hearing is really God's voice. Or is it really just the heat? Uh, in order to do that, let's look back to the story of Jeremiah. And so to give context, the book of Jeremiah tells of a prophet whose main goal is to get the nation of Israel back on track with God. A prophet was someone who was appointed to t foretell God's word, to try and predict future events. And so you might be thinking, one guy to a whole nation... That seems like a heavy task for just one guy. And you're right, it is. Jeremiah first responds to the call of God by saying, Oh God, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Maybe you've heard someone say something similar uh, to this, saying, I'm, I'm just not qualified. I'm not good enough. Or I'm just not ready. I know that I can relate to that. But to give you an idea of the setting of what Jeremiah was dealing with, Society was deteriorating economically, politically, and spiritually. The world was on the brink of war. Does that sound familiar? Throughout Jeremiah's journey, he was considered a nobody, and he was rejected by his neighbors, his friends, and his family. This is really interesting because one of the most popular Bible verses is in Jeremiah 29.11. And it says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. 
When taken alone, this scripture can sound wishy-washy and make life seem like it's all good. The first question that we need to consider if we're trying to get a handle on God's voice uh, is the voice you're hearing consistent with the Bible and God's character? And so, I want to read that verse to you again. Uh, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. The problem here is that our American culture can take this verse and get it all twisted. The word you is mentioned four times. But Jeremiah was, was saying for you, when he was saying for you, he wasn't speaking to us. He was speaking to a nation in destruction. And not just any nation, but the chosen nation of Israel. And at this time, Israel was like some of us, wanting to do things their own way. Growing up, my mom would say to me out of love, And that means, you have a really thick skull. And so to help us better understand the context, we go just a couple verses before uh, verse 11 in verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this is God speaking to his nation. And the word that I want to focus in on here is exile. The Greek word for exile is gola, and it means to remove. And so I'm going to write that on the board. You get the point. (laughs) But in verse 10, uh, God explains to the Israelites, uh, you will be in Babylon for 70 years. In other words, this is not just a vacation. But we see God's character in this because, yes, he is a loving God, but at the same time, sometimes he'll just let you sit in your stuff. Maybe you're a parent and you can relate. Or maybe you're sitting at home on time out right now. Meanwhile, these are the instructions that God gives to his people. If you're following along, we're in just the next verse, Jeremiah 29, 5 through 6. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. And just a little bit after that, he says, increase in number, do not decrease. <clears throat> in other words, I want you to make a living right in the middle of this mess. This is weird because if you're looking for real estate, you're probably not going to settle down in the place of a disaster, right? But we believe that God can use you right where you're at. And one of the biggest lies that we can believe is that to use, be used by God, I have to get to a certain point of healthy. I have to get to the penthouse Or I have to get into a relationship with a certain someone. This is how American culture has twisted the Bible to fit God into an agenda of being blessed. And so we go to verse 7. It says this. Also, seek the 
peace and prosperity of the city, to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. <clears throat> the city that the Israelites was in uh, was Babylon, and they were the top dogs. They were like the bullies on the scene, and so God is saying, seek the peace and prosperity for who? But this is the same God who later says in the New Testament to pray for your enemies. This is for the sake of gospel prosperity, not prosperity gospel. And I want to make this point that God's goal for you is not just to be blessed, but for you to be a blessing to others for the kingdom. And so, which brings me to my next point. The second question we really need to consider to figure out if what we are hearing is God's voice is this. Have you run whatever you heard by Christian leadership? And when I say Christian leadership, I'm not just talking about the guy standing up there with a the mic, but I'm also talking about uh, the others within our church family. And that's for our elders, for our, our counselors. Because even though Jeremiah was a prophet who was appointed to tell a whole nation, we really believe that here we don't do ministry alone. And so, could you please go to the next slide? It says this. <clears throat> Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Fifteen other times in the same book, it says that there is wisdom in the counsel of many. <clears throat> and as a young adult, I have seen just how bad things can get when I try to make decisions on my own. If God has angels around me, I can assure you, they are without a doubt working overtime. And I want to be cautious here because there is good counsel and there is bad counsel. For example, Jeremiah was called during a time when there was false prophets. One of them was named Hananiah. And so Hananiah uh, was trying to answer the question of what do the people want? To give you an example, uh, we go to Jeremiah 28. And here he's speaking to uh, the churchgoers of that time and the priest. He says, <clears throat> Within two years I will bring back to this place all the articles of the Lord's house that King Neb of Babylon removed from here and took to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jachin. Come on, you guys know I, I wasn't going to try on that. <laughs> Son of Jachim. Man, I make it sound like they have like a, like a rap band or something. King of Judah. And for all the other exiles from Judah who went to Babylon, uh, declares the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. So as you heard earlier, I said that the people within Babylon, uh, the top, they were the top dogs. They were the bullies. And so Hananiah just came up with a message that everyone liked. And he saw what his, uh, his audience wanted. They wanted freedom. They wanted freedom from their oppressors and freedom from all their problems. But this is the complete opposite of what Jeremiah had said. Jeremiah, under the guidance of God, 
said that you will spend 70 years in Babylon. <clears throat> and Jeremiah did what he had to to speak the truth for 23 years, telling the people that they have to repent. And he did it during a time when it wasn't, when it wasn't popular. And if you relate that today, that's really challenging because for us as young adults and for youth, we don't want to go against the grain and be left behind. And so we don't do ministry alone. <clears throat> if we're going to lead the next generation to Christ or ourselves or anyone else, we have to ask the question, what does God want? And so understand that Jeremiah's message of repentance still stands today. <clears throat> if you're following along, please go to John 3.16. For God so loved the world that whoever believes him, <clears throat> for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so let me be clear in saying that I don't know how long your redemption story is going to take. If I told you a certain time frame, you might as well just kick me off the stage. But I do know this, and it's that God's love for you is undeniable. And so the key word that I want to focus in on here is world. With the backdrop of this verse of John 3.16, I hope that it helps you to see Jeremiah 29.11 in a different light. Because God could easily remove us. But that is not his will for you. And so we go back to the verse, uh, Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So to clarify, God's plan wasn't always for you or for me, but he wanted us to be a part of his plans. And so in just the next couple of verses, God redirects the attention of the Israelites back to him. <clears throat> I know we're like jumping around a little bit. It's like a, a Bible exercise. But it says in uh, verse 13 of Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. For those of you that don't know, I, used to, I spent like one month teaching with the uh, kitty college. And they would do things like uh, try to put me in jail. <laughs> like seriously, Jad and Brinley always put me in the corner. And then they would never tell me why I would be put in jail. But, you know, we've, we follow the God who says, I came to set the captive free. So I no longer w work there. But <laughs> it's so easy. Um, it's so easy to be focused on what's holding us captive. And I don't know what that is for you, but it's so easy to get caught up in seeking fulfillment in a relationship or that job that you so want 
<clears throat> to make it look like you, you're a success. Or maybe it's just the approval of others on social media. Or you might be in a hostile home environment, a season of sorrow. Or you might be in deep waters financially. But just like the Israelites, what if God is using this time to help refine you in who he wants you to be? And so we go uh, back to Jeremiah. If you're following along, uh, verse 12, it says, When you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This is God's promise that he is not playing hide and seek with you. And this is not just a to-do list, but in other words, how can you know the plan if you don't know the planner? One of my favorite shows is called uh, American Pickers. If you've never heard of it, the show is about two guys who make a living off of going from city to city and house to house in search of antiques. So to the owners, these antiques might be just junk sitting around. But to these collectors, they look at them like hidden treasure, just waiting to be restored. And understand this. God doesn't just see you as a project, just waiting to be restored. But he sees you as one of his own. One of his own being re restored by his grace. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you. This isn't on, this isn't going to be on the screen, but I'll just read it aloud. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This is John 1.14. And so to break that down, God wasn't just a disembodied voice, but he went the extra mile and became a living, breathing human being capable of being broken. And he went from city to city, house to house in search of those that need restoration. And the only way that you can have restoration is through Jesus Christ. For it says this in Romans 3, Romans 3, verses 23 through 24. <clears throat> For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the, the redemption that came by Christ Jesus and so Jeremiah started out, in his, started out in his journey like some of us and to the world he was unqualified not good enough or he felt like he was just too young but the truth is that God does not call the equipped but he equips the called and I hope that these two questions will serve you well in finding God's voice in your life because it is dire. 
And so the title of my message tonight was, What's in a Voice? But my closing question for you today is, are you following the voice that leads to everlasting life? And I'm here today to tell you that you don't have to see the whole plan, but you do need to know the planner. As we see ourselves in the story of Jeremiah, we have two options. We can be like Jeremiah by choosing to commit ourselves regardless of who comes to faith and who doesn't. We can choose to commit ourselves to the voice of God by turning from our old ways and choosing to trust in Jesus. Or we can settle and miss out on God's best for us in everlasting life and life to the full. Could it be that God is calling out to you and He is saying, I'm right here. Will you put your trust in me? So with all heads bowed and with open hearts, I want to ask you these two questions. If there's anyone here today that says, I'll choose to be like Jeremiah and choose to listen to the voice of God all the days of my life, on the count of three, would you raise your hand Praise God. If there's any, second question that I have for you is, if there's anyone in the room who would say that they have yet to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as the way to everlasting life, would you say this prayer with me? And I want to invite any other new lifer to say this prayer to help build confidence in, in us as a community. God, I choose to turn from my sins and to seek you with my whole heart. I can't do this life on my own. I give in to your plans and I set my hope on you and you alone. In Jesus' name.